detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Happy Friday the 13th. Uh, we thought we'd uh, quickly put together an episode to celebrate this Friday, Friday the 13th of August. Jared, gone with a Friday the 13th Part 7. We've been catching up on the series. We're a little bit out of whack, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, but that's all right. Jason X, is that not correct? Um, well, I've kind of lost track. After we did the damn sure enchiladas, yeah. After we did the damn enchiladas, I'm kind of mixed up with everything that we've done as a separate episode and what we haven't myself. So I'll let you keep track well, of I'm that. I'm pretty sort of sure stuff. the only other one we haven't done is part eight, which mm. will come in for some treatment. I'd suggest. <laughs> yeah, better um, give that some distance. Yeah, the damn enchiladas episode. I did say it was a it was an absolute prick of a film. <laughs> Oh, maybe it's not that bad, but jeez. No, no, it is. Offloaded on it. (laughs) All right. Part seven. What have you been watching just briefly before we get into it? Watching plenty of The Office. I've watched a lot of The Office for some reason. I just uh, came across it on Netflix, decided to kick it off from the start. So I'm in uh, sort of mid, well, sort of pushing into late season two now. So enjoying that. But. in terms of the movies, I um, decided to have a look at Joe Bob's uh, Halloween from, I think it was about 2019 now. As we mentioned, I'm finally sort of giving Shutter a bit of a rap for finally putting that Joe yeah. Bob stuff on there and getting a few more of the originals. But So I watched the original Halloween and 4 and 5 with the, yeah. uh, with the Joe Bob wraparounds. Really enjoyed them, actually. Obviously... Obviously, you know, we've seen those films a number of times, so it's not necessarily catching anything new in the films. But, yeah, it was fun to watch him with another sort of perspective on there and his sort of entertaining kind of commentary. And as I said to you, Adam, one of my one of my few issues with Halloween 4, he's, you know, bugger me if, if he hasn't turned me around on it, the, the scene with the priest. I'm now, mm. I'm now all on board with it, and I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a turning point for Loomis. So, so for that alone, what it was, you know, it was well worth the experience. So, yeah, that was good fun. I also watched, again, on Shutter, they had the, a doco on Pet Cemetery. It's called Unearthed and Untold, The Path to Pet Cemetery, which was quite good. It was, uh, it sort of covered a lot, well, it didn't cover a lot of the book, but it definitely sort of touched on the book and then mainly worked around the, the original film. Didn't mention the second second film at all. I believe it was made before that had come out. So, But yeah, it was good. It was very good to watch. The only thing I noticed was there was a couple of points where these two blokes were popping up and it was saying, you know, splicing in with the the actors and the people that lived in the town and then you, you saw these couple of blokes popping up with the title Filmmaker. And I thought, who, who the fuck are these guys? And then I thought to myself, I hope they're not the blokes that made it. And lo and behold, it was the two blokes that made it that were splicing themselves yeah. in as talking heads occasionally. So I'm not sure. No, look, no. I'm not sure I would have made that choice myself. But outside no, of that, I they, they, well, outside of that, they talk to everybody. 
They talked to people that lived King? in the town that, that got... Um, well, they didn't talk to King, but they got plenty of info around King. Um, people that lived in the house... Uh, not the house, sorry, lived, lived in the town. The neighbour that lived next to his house when he wrote the book that actually had the pet cemetery behind their their property. Oh, okay. So they went pretty deep. They went pretty deep. They, they spoke to people that were in the film for just bits and pieces. They got the actors for parts like Zelda. They got the child actors who played young Judd and and um, the the wife when she was young, sort of walking into it and seeing Zelda. And so, they re- yeah, they really went. Went hard at it and got a got a chat with most of the people, most of the main actors oh, yeah. in the piece. So yeah, it was it was pretty pretty awesome to to check all that out because it was one of those things where, you know, those properties that we love like the Halloween's and the Fridays, you know, we got copious amounts of that. But something like Pet Cemetery, that's pretty much it. So it was it was pretty mm. cool to see. So aside from that, I got a couple of trips to the cinema in, which we'll be uh, sadly missing for the next seven days, Adam, now, now that we're in lockdown as Correct. well. But I got to see The Jungle Cruise. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know about that, but I'm well prepared with toilet paper this time, so we're good to go oh, there. Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> but The Jungle Cruise, check that out. You know what? After reading a bit about it early on, I was I was preparing for the worst, but I had a pretty good time with it. Definitely a bit of an Indiana Jones vibe to it, mixed in with a large helping of the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie for mine. It felt like parts of it were lifted pretty liberally from that sort of story, but it was good fun. And The Rock and Emily Blunt sort of had a bit more, bit more fun together and a bit more chemistry together than I anticipated. Like the first fifteen minutes, well, the first. The start of the movie when you get the first portions of the rock, I thought, ah, oh, mm. this is not, this is not going too well. Like they're trying to really push the comedy, and right. I didn't feel like it was working too much. But when you get the two of them together, it works a bit better. So I, yeah, I right. had a bit of fun with that. I didn't mind it at all. And right. the other one was I got to the Suicide Squad, of course. Jumped on that as as quickly as I yes. could. Yes, so did I. I had a, I had a lot of fun with it. I had a hell of a good time with it. Yeah, it was good fun. It's it's far better than the original one. There, there's still some there's still oh, some things yeah. that don't quite work. But for mine, I think Margot Robbie is excellent again, and I think really like I you know I've said it before. I think Birds of Prey is actually excellent and and was treated pretty harshly. So. I look at I look at uh, what they've done with Margot Robbie. She's three for three, and in terms of quality films, they're actually two for three for mine. So that was good, and I think Idris Elba and John Cena together were <laughs> very yeah, amusing, that was good. and a lot of yeah. a lot of funny moments to it. A couple of really emotional kind of moments to it. Some of it felt a little bit forced, but yeah, I had a hell of a lot of fun with it. Yeah, for the most part, I I enjoyed myself. It's nothing special, I guess, if I'm going to categorise it. But it was it was breezy, it was fun, and it kind of knew where it was aiming. Yeah, and, and if you that, like um, if you the, like that James Gunn style stuff, you're going to get exactly that. And for yeah, me, and being someone that likes likes um, DC, I was I was itching for something like that. Yeah, the first one missed the mark. It was aiming 
for something else and I don't know whether it ever it wasn't successful in attaining that at all and I think David A has come out and said oh you know this isn't my vision or whatever yeah, classic, the most recent thing is this. Buyer's is, this remorse. <laughs> well, yeah, the most recent thing is this is not my move. This is not yeah. my cut. Which and, look, uh, yeah. uh, after the Zack Snyder stuff, maybe he's not, maybe he's not uh, embellishing too much. Maybe there was a bit of control taken out of his hands. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's he's uh, completely blameless. Well, I guess you could argue that because the Zack Snyder cut was so much different yeah. to the original cut of Justice League mm. that, yeah, there could have been. I I would be surprised if Suicide Squad, the original Suicide Squad, had another couple of hours of material like Justice League did. Yeah, um, and let's not but, forget that, that Zack Snyder also had the benefit of going back to stuff with the Joss Whedon cut in mind. Like, they did shoot some of that stuff after. So, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's a little bit, of, little bit of a different story for, for the Aya cut for mine. Yeah. Agreed. But, you know, it was definitely worth watching. It was definitely much better than the, the first go at it. Mm. Uh, and I think that the John Cena, Idris Elba stuff, that worked out really nicely. Cena, yeah. stretching his range, Jared. Do you care to care to put you know on record what you what you tossed out to me straight after you'd watched it? Oh, I said that Cena <laughs> was better than The Rock <laughs> for mine. Had a bigger range. I mean, you you know, counted uh, with <laughs> Batista wipes the floor with both of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's again, oh I mean, yeah, you're Look, I may be, <laughs> I may be overexaggerating. I may have been. I may have been saying that in jest, but uh, look, I, I, what I was, my point was, yeah, they can both handle a bit of comedy and they both do a bit of action, but Batista's the only one that's done a bit of dra- dramatic stuff with some degree of success. Yes. Um, but yeah, well, I think, uh, he, look, He has your been point, in bigger pictures. Yeah. That but, are dramatic. You know, I, I look at something like Blade Runner 2049, I look at... Uh, even the Bond stuff, I wouldn't say that's that's straight out drama, but it's a bit more serious than what the other gents yeah. are usually pulling in their action uh, action films. But yeah, your point is taken that they they both like Cena and The Rock are, are they're kind of on similar career paths where they either they either bust out an action role or a, or a comedic or a role with a comedic angle because they can both handle that sort of stuff. So look, um, I'm, look, I, I'm not here. saying I'm not saying seen as seen as ahead. I've got rock ahead on on um, I've got the rock ahead on diesel points at the moment. Well, you said that Cena took a dive after he looked like a bozo in Fast Dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just advised you to hold your tongue until you'd seen that. <laughs> Once it, I mean, yeah, as soon sorry. as you as soon as you see the dye job on his on his hair. I mean, you, you can't take him seriously. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what I want from The Rock, though. I want him to stretch a little. He is just making generic films. Yeah. Basically. Look, I love it's the guy, all... but it just feels like every so movie, every movie he's, every movie he's, he's dropping at the moment is just, you're going to see it for The Rock. It feels like Arnie. 
post predator. Like the rock yeah. hasn't had a predator, but he somehow hit that level of fame. And so people go to see the see the movies that are that are middling movies, you know, middling to, to yeah. good usually movies. But, you know, you look at Arnie with the Terminator and Terminator Two and the Predator, he's got legit classics on the resume and the rock just doesn't have one. No, and I am still dirty on the man for skyscraper. Oh I, I fuming. hated I hated <laughs> like hated fuming. That movie because it was such yeah. a such a rip-off of much better movies, and here he is trotting out this bullshit about his, you know, bionic leg and all this sort of stuff. Like, <laughs> I really Stop hate that movie. about it. I know. I haven't watched it again. I haven't gone back to it, no, which is I'll unusual never watch for it me. Again. <laughs> Don't say that. I we'll shouldn't cover say it that on here. Yeah, we'll cover yeah. it. Next on. week. Next week. Skyscraper. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, we did it straight out of the blocks. We saved ourselves well, some effort there. Jared, just to just, just to sort of I know this is recording, so you know, it's sort of in the in the, the throes of an episode, but I was actually thinking we need to add a, a new sort of a new sort of segment. And it should be, you know, has it got any better? So mm. you you dust off an old picture that you yep. thought sucked, watch it again. And we come back for a quick five minute debrief. Is it better than you thought? Are you just doing this so the you can? You can could get in there. Oh, I'm just you know. Are you just doing this so you can you can hit me with a bit of Halloween five six kind of action all over again, just to rub it in <laughs> a little well, bit I'll more? Tell you what, we, we first first one first one out of the gate. Freddy's dead. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, look, you know what? I'm up for that, but I'm going to go out early and say that's not going to improve at all. <laughs> But yeah, you know what? I, I look at the rocks. I look at the rocks' body of work, and I I think, you know, you can you can tear me down for this one, but I reckon in in twenty years' time, the one that will still be watching is probably Fast Five. As much as I Possibly, as much yeah. as I bag, you know, the diesel, the diesel stuff, and, and we laugh at the rock and the diesel feuding over that sort of thing. When I look at all of his all of his things, and I look at the action movies and everything. I will probably go back to Fast Five if I'm looking for an action movie with a rock in it. Yeah, and let's look at it. Look, look at it closely. His last sort of ten films. Yeah, you, know, you got things like the Fast and Furious films, which are all sort of you know generic sort of franchise films. Mm. You've got Skyscraper, Rampage, San Andreas, this new one, Jungle Cruise, and they're all. They just seem to be all. Yeah, they're okay. Like, no one's saying the bloke makes shit films. He doesn't. No. He makes no. solid, crowd-pleasing films. Yep. But, but he hasn't got anything that leaps out. No. Even something like the Jumanji films, which are a lot of fun, they're just not yeah. on that, that classic kind of tier. And, you know, being an optimist, I'm holding out hope that something like Black Adam might really, really knock it out of the park, yeah. and that might be the one that we're we're talking about down the track but as of now i mean i'm not i'm not talking about you know baywatch or central intelligence down the track i'm talking oh, about God. fast five <laughs> <laughs> what about hercules should we go back to hercules two, that was Maybe a one two punch that he <laughs> that was like stepping in a dog turd and then stepping in another one once you stepped off that <laughs> previous dog turd <laughs> yeah. 
look, we we got things like pain and gain to go to, but but he's not yeah. leading that stuff. He's not he's not the star of the piece, really. Um, but, no, and pain and yeah. gain pain and gain is more of an ensemble film. Yeah, so, that's right. So I'm I'm really yeah. hoping that he's got something. Maybe you know maybe uh, you know just out of there. Out of left field, the Netflix one that's going to drop soon knocks it out of the park or something like that that we can just look back and say, yeah, he's got one. He's got one now. Well, but I just, I just, I just don't see it. Say, that one's not going to knock it out of the park because <laughs> it's got uh, Ryan Reynolds in it. <laughs> so uh, the track record on the yeah. Netflix stuff is... No, no one's really done their best work on Netflix in those in those movies, it, like, especially Michael Bay. No. <laughs> so, yeah. No. <laughs> no, they haven't. Yeah, okay, so let's let's get off the rocks back there because I don't want to make out like I hate the bloke because I don't no, I think he's, we love he's him. good. He seems like a good bloke, loves the guy. I just love to see him have a classic in the resume and unfortunately the older he gets, if you look at the, the track record of the previous action heroes, their best stuff was in their early days. Mm. You know, they found a, a classic in that yeah. early period of their career. It's definitely not and a last And then they bloke. traded on it for the rest of their career. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, when you've made when you've made Rambo 1, you can make fucking Rambo 5. <laughs> you can do that. But, um, you okay, know. Yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. Up. Look, you shouldn't, Stop. but you can. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> The Rock's gone and done it with his first yeah, movie on Skyscraper. Admittedly, <laughs> I mean, no one he was wasn't given a, Stallone a bucket of cash for Rambo 5. That's right. I mean, the, the, the Rock, we can't imagine The Rock going back into a, into a skyscraper when he's 70 years old. But Sly no, could do it because no. he'd already got the runs on the board with that one. Correct. We forgave him. Well, did mm. we? Gibbo certainly hasn't. <laughs> no, no, look, we haven't forgiven him, but we can always go back and watch the first one and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, yeah, we've, well, got, that's, that's we've got warm feelings there, Sly, and then we, we just don't watch the fifth one again. Yeah, true. All right. All right, let's take a break, Jared, uh, and here is... Oh, sorry. No, I, I better. You haven't it. even told me I what you watched other than the Suicide Squad. Well, I, I only really watched the Suicide Squad, and just after with this movie in the lead up, I quickly watched a couple of chapters of um, Crystal Lake Memories, mm-hmm. Part Seven, Part Eight, Jason Goes to Hell, and Jason X. Look, there's a few delusional characters. Here. <laughs> <laughs> there are. There are some delusionists in there because the blokes behind Jason Goes to Hell are kidding themselves about what they're talking about. Yeah, okay. They're like, oh, you know, we wanted to make it weird and stuff. No, you didn't know what you were doing. You were too young to kind of know. I think they didn't really know what they had and I think Jason had sort of lost a bit of his mojo because of Part 8. So Jason Goes to Hell was always going to be a risky proposition anyway. So, and Sean Cunningham, I think, he gives mixed messages. Yeah, well, you know, we've we've discussed this. It wasn't his idea, but it was. Yeah, well, we've discussed this, and basically it comes down to, for me, I believe Adam Marcus when he says that Sean said we need to do something different. We need to, you know, I don't think he actually said we need to lose the mask, but he basically said we need to do something different because here's a bloke who's never made a movie fresh out of film school 
if Sean Cunningham doesn't want it to go in that direction when they pitch it, Sean Cunningham says, you are not making the movie. But then Adam Marcus says, yeah. no, he was all for, you know, he wanted something different, so we went in this direction. And now, with hindsight, Sean Cunningham basically puts it all back on them and says, oh, you should never have never have changed changed it up. So I, kind yeah, of, I tend to I believe think, Adam Marcus on that one. Yeah, I think Cunningham was a hindrance. Mm. And, and, and Jason was just a cash cow. Yeah. So, yeah, those things were not done with artistic, you know, merit in, in the mind. It was more like, well, I've set up a deal at New Line. I own the property. I own Jason. Could you tell I me? Uh, could you tell me something in the series that was done with artistic merit in mind? Because I'd like to go and have a look at well, it. Well, I guess what I mean is the, re- <laughs> <laughs> the good ones are the ones where somebody's at least you know. Yes, we know what it is, but yeah, we're I know what you mean. For something better, someone knows. Part someone four knows comes to what mind. part six. Yeah, someone knows what they're what they're talking about. Knows the fan base. Knows. Has an affinity for the for, for the the horror genre and and kind of goes for that. And I think, look, Adam Marcus seems like he was a fan and wanted to do the right thing. Possibly yeah. didn't have the the best ideas to do that. But even then, I don't feel like Sean Cunningham is. I feel like, as you said, all it is to him is it's it's good dollar. He's a businessman. Yeah. And even though he did direct the well, first one, I just feel like you look at his track record and he gets into what can what can make the money. And at the time, it was the horror. So, yes, yeah. But you're right, and I re-listened to our Part Six episode, and that's what springs to mind is that something like Part Six is made with a bit of love and care for what mm. what it is. Um, part Four is the same, and if you read the Chris Lake Memories book, the writer says that. He was kind of like take, not not really taking the the whole endeavor seriously, and Joe Zito sort of called him out on it. Said, "You're not better than this stuff. You know, we we need to yeah. make this as best as we can." Yeah, and that's, that's right. That's that's a, the mark of good good people involved. And I just feel like Nine was oh, we're great big fans, but we're twenty three year, years old. And yeah, we don't that's right. Have the experience to make a movie or script a movie like this. Yeah, correct. And then when you're being shepherded by a bloke who, as I said, and and you sort of pointed out as well, he treats the series like like it's it's a bank, and rightfully so. I yeah. mean, he's he is a businessman. If he doesn't love the horror movies, that's okay. But it, yeah, when when that's when that's the direction that it's going, it's noticeable. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but look, it was good to go back to Chris Lake Memories. It's an exceptional doco. Mm. It's a really solid piece of work. All right, but that was it. That's all I had. So let's take a break. Here's the trailer for Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Friday, May 13th. It's Jason versus Tina. Don't go in there! The match made in hell. There goes the neighborhood. Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood, Rated R. Starts Friday, May 13th, at a theater near you. Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Directed by John Carl Beekler, who directed Troll. 
It's produced by Ian Patterson, who has actually gone on to be a producer of Stranger Things. And it was written by Daryl Haney, who, um, after writing this, got into the smut market with <laughs> second, like sequels to such soft core films as Animal Instincts and Mirror Images. And there's also a writer by the name of Manuel Fidello, who has no other credits. And according to the writer in Chris Lake Memories, he thinks he was made up. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. Manuel, <laughs> we need you to do some script polishing. <laughs> Let me just put down the boots I was cobbling and I'll help you out. I mean, I heard that name and I thought pseudonym, like, immediately. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Definite pseudonym. <laughs> oh, God. It stars La Park Lincoln as Tina. Kevin Spiritus as Nick, Terry Kaiser as Dr. Cruz, and Kane Hodder as Jason. The budget was $2.8 million and the box office was $19 million. And the film's working title was Birthday Bash. All right, Jared, your take, Friday 7. It's up the, uh, it's up the, the higher, higher end of the ladder. It's it's definitely not one of the worst ones, but it doesn't quite crack the top tier. Like I, I like the idea of of taking it from a different angle with the whole someone that's that's got abilities that can handle what Jason's bringing to the table a little bit, but that mm. never really comes into play until the last ten minutes anyway. And up until that part. There's portions of it that are just a really standard, you know. That even with that that Carrie versus Jason angle, basically, it's it's got a large chunk of the movie that is just your standard cookie cutter Friday the Thirteenth slasher picture. Yeah, with some really forgettable characters, and I can't remember. Like I did read Crystal Lake Memories not all that that long ago, but. I can't, and I can't remember it, but when you watch the movie, it seems to be one that suffers from being cut in terms of the kills and things like that. Yeah. But overall, I think the lead characters and someone like Dr. Cruz managed to, managed to hold the, the runtime with enough interest to make it one of the better ones. So I would probably settle on about a three out of five, I reckon. Yeah, I would agree. Three out of five. Look, it's got a sh- its share of problems, and uh, you know things like cardboard characters and and pretty poor acting, for the most part. But it's it sort of makes up for, with a little bit of fun. And Jason looks the best he looks. It looks it looks in the entire series. Yes, um, I would agree. It's really weird to hear that one of the producers hated his look. Hmm. And there's still there's still uh, there's there's still sections of fans that really don't like it, especially when the mask comes off. But uh, I would agree, it's one of my favourite Jason designs. His his face actually looks really cool. I know some people call it the bloody frog Jason or whatever, but I think it's kind of cartoony, but it it fits it fits the bill, and it's it's I think it looks excellent in terms of the effects and everything. And I actually think it looks somewhat like Jason from Part Four. 
Yeah. Just all gruesomely rotted. Like, that's all. It, it has similar structures and stuff, and I think that's a good... From a FX perspective, they've actually looked at back at the, the 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 last movie we had of Jason, you know, where he wasn't a zombie, and actually sculpted it that way. Well, if and you're going to tell me, if day, you're going to stuff looks great. Yeah, if you're going to tell me it doesn't look good, I'm going to direct you to part eight, and that little section at the yeah. end when his mask comes off, and and let's have a chat yeah. about it then. <sighs> Ooh, talk about a face like a smacked ass. <laughs> part eight. It's a film like a smacked ass too. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we'll get there on that one. That'll take some time, I'd suggest. Yeah. Just just give it a give it a wide berth for now, please. Yes. He looks great and the finale and showdown between him and Tina at the end is excellent. Like to to get away with the fact that they didn't they had their all the gore cut out, which I think does actually hurt this film. Mm, it's noticeable. Uh, yeah, it's noticeable, but that finale brings so much to the table with the me- mechanical effects and stuff. Yeah, and a lot of it is really, really good. Still looks good now. Yep. And so they really deliver at that end, and they kind of punch it home. And I appreciate that, and I think it's one of the better finales. It's probably, personally, now that I'm looking at it, it's probably the my favourite finale of the entire franchise. Yeah, it certainly has some um, really good, I think really it does good a moments lot in with it. Jason. I don't know if if I, if I would say it's my favourite, but I totally agree. It's definitely one of the one of the better ones. Like that last, the last ten to fifteen minutes is actually it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So kicking off, the prosthetic effects and the mechanical effects are really really good. Yeah, absolutely. For a low budget film like this, it's surprisingly strong. And as you said, it, and this was kind of what I mentioned as well, like the, the, the effects, given that John Carl, John Carl Beekler was an effects man, yeah, it didn't really get a chance to shine until the end because all the, all the other stuff was cut. Um, mm. I mean, every time we got to a kill, you could tell something was cut because we barely even got a splash of blood, to be honest. You would just see Jason raise a, raise a machete or, or, or pull, the, pull the spike back ready to, to jam it in someone's melon, and that would be it. You'd just get another angle, and you'd, you'd, there was just nothing. So yeah, the last 15 minutes, it kind of heightened that because you could see, righto, these guys knew what they were doing in that department, but they didn't really get a chance to show it until then. Yeah, totally agree, but all those things still hold up now. Yep. I think a lot of it looks great, and... Having having the luxury of of having seen all the cut effects, I think the some of that stuff looks great too. Like it, mm. it would have really delivered visceral punch to it. Yep. There's really nothing to it as far as the violence is concerned. Kane Hodder, it's my favourite Kane Hodder performance. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I've gone on record as you know, Kane Hodder's not my favourite Jason, but I am a big fan of of the way that he kind of has basically just just done everything he can to to do Jason whenever he's available to do the conventions to do all that stuff. I love people that kind of embrace it and, and love it as much as he does. Yeah. Um so I've got a I've got a real soft spot for him in that in that department and I can see why people like him as Jason. I can absolutely see it. So I would agree. I think it's his best his best effort as Jason. The the 
the yeah. one that he got to do it closest to what we love as a, as a sort of classic interpretation of Jason, I suppose. Yeah, and he brings some ticks and things to it that they kind of work. Yeah, and some one. of his ticks, especially, I think the uh, effects in this one kind of accentuate those a little bit. Yeah. Because the Jason effects look better than they have any other time on him, and you get something like the exposed spine, the bones at the back, yeah. and the first time you see him when the he comes out cage. of the water and he does one of those kind of body movements that, that people know Kane Hodder for, he does a kind of shoulder. He just lifts the shoulders a little bit, and with those effects, it kind of mm. accentuates it, and it actually looks really cool. So, yeah, I think it's a yeah. nice little combination of that sort of stuff for him, and he's, those things that he does, like where he does a big breath or he lifts the shoulders or something, it's never, be, it's never worked better for him than in this one. No, of course not. I think this is definitely his best performance. I think by 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 Jason X, we'd kind of I'd kind of tired or tired of him, and I think Jason X not being a great film didn't help him. But he kind uh, of lumbers around. Settle it down. Way. Just just ease up there. Okay. You might want to recant that. Maybe not, that's the one we have yeah. to go back to for for. Is it better than you thought? For that, Jason X might be your yeah, first one. True, <laughs> maybe Jason X could be <laughs> best one to start with. But yeah, he he is good here. Yeah, Look, absolutely. I'm actually going to give Beekler a bit of a, a rap. It's hardly directed with style, so to speak, but I think he tries to do a few nice things to, to, I guess, get around the fact that a lot of the violence is cut out. He mm. uses some decent sort of camera work, and it, there's, a, there's a couple of little things, one in particular where he uses a 3D kind of when Jason throws the spear. They do it as like a a 3D sort of shot. He does a couple other nice things. There's one particular shot that I really like when um, David, the stoner guy, I know yeah. you were probably thinking, who's David? No, no. no, no, no Dave, who's there, who No, listen, is. listen. We'll talk about that in a moment, but I know who David is. Okay. David <laughs> comes down into the kitchen looking yep. for some tucker. Yeah. And they just have a lightning strike and Jason's standing in the corner. And for a split second, I didn't think it was him. I was just, you know, I didn't even notice he was there. And yeah. I liked that little bit of subtlety to it. Considering yep. Jason kind of does lumber around a bit here too, they just have random shots of him walking across in front of the camera. Yeah, and they get, they get a couple of shots of his POV and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think, think, uh, I, I does think all right. he does. He does. I don't think it's, it's again... Don't think it's top of the pile, but it's certainly. I wouldn't say workmanlike, Adam. No, no, he's a step above workmanlike. He's a tradesman, <laughs> <laughs> but craftsman even perhaps. <laughs> no, 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 craftsman is the next step. Okay, he's tradesman. not a craftsman. We'll settle for tradesman. <laughs> he's, definitely, he's definitely not a craftsman. <laughs> Okay. A craftsman so is you're not like, asking um, you're not asking Buchler to design your your home. You're just asking him to turn up and no, no I'm I'm asking Buchler to put up drywall. <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, he's doing. He's putting it up well. Whereas Danny Steinman, he's the bloke that's turning up, putting up your frames, and then the fucking thing falls falls down two days later, and you can't get him on the phone. <laughs> 
Danny Steinman <laughs> is just a just a guy who turns up and you know mixes concrete or <laughs> yeah that type of thing. That's why. Yeah, and that's right. And when you call him up, he says, "No, I did my job." And you said, "The fucking thing's cracking under my feet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shit hasn't even set properly. <laughs> Pain in the ass. No, no. In, in, in horror movie, in horror movie parlance, the workmen, the workmen are the Danny Steinmans, the Dominic Cassini and Gerards. Yeah, where fair enough. You're getting them on that they're taking smoke breaks all the time. <laughs> You know, they, they, haven't, they haven't got. They didn't go to TAFE. No, no, shit, no. They're just labourers. Yeah, they did half an they did half an apprenticeship and then fucking started their own business under some bloody shonky, shonky <laughs> shell <laughs> sort of company. <laughs> exactly. Then we go to um, tradesmen's tradesmen like John Carl Beekler. Mm-hmm. Solid. He's he's done his he's done his craft. He can put up a house. Yeah. But it's just gonna be a house. It's just your standard stuff. Right. Dwight hates Little. He's a craftsman. <laughs> yeah, Little's a craftsman. He's a craftsman. <laughs> he came in and he and he, you know, he he he, he puts together a, a very nice little package. He makes it well. It's under budget. It's on schedule. Yeah, you, you're debating. Then, you're debating where he got his architecture ideas from. Were they are they sort of 18th century exactly, you know, French exactly. architecture? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he can throw in a gargoyle <laughs> on the roof, you know, and make it work. That's right. Or some stone lions out the front, you know. Like he can make all that work. And then the last tier is John Carpenter's a foreman. Right. Yeah, okay. He's the foreman. Yeah. Except for when he was directing Prince of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you said, the yeah. foreman likes to tell everyone else, you know, their, their work is shit. <laughs> but occasionally <laughs> exactly. he'll lower himself to making shit anyway. <laughs> so, so. I'm glad you've clarified Beakles that. Beakles is a tradesman. Okay. He's a solid tradesman. I'll give you that. And he does a pretty good job under the circumstances. Yep. I just like the idea of. Giving Jason an adversary who's kind of at his level. Yeah, I think that the the series was pretty stale by by seven. Even with six being as good as it was, people's interest was waning. Yes, and I would agree. So I think it's it's seven. It's, it certainly had its its benefits, and as we talked about, the end of the movie being being one of those. Yeah. And I, think, I just, uh, I also feel they were trying to compete with the Freddies and that of this world. Yeah, that's right. That they were time. trying to, they were trying to go, you know, a little bit of that supernatural angle. You can see the influence of Freddy there, like they wanted to match some of that. Mm. But it, it's, it's not all that well used, but it certainly brings brings some things to the table later on, and you can see why they would have decided, yeah, this isn't a bad idea. Yeah, agreed. It kind of breathes a bit of life into a, a pretty tired formula. Yeah. The counter argument is exactly what you said. Is there a portion of the film that are as generic a slasher movie as you can get? Yeah, large portions of it. They just focus on, on the kids in the house. And it's like, okay, well, why are we spending almost as much time with them as we, as we are with, with Dr. Cruz <laughs> and co in the other house? <laughs> so... so- do you yeah. think during those periods that Beekler had gone back to being a workman? 
No, look, I think he was he was probably he's probably pushing into that. He, he was probably cutting corners on the materials he was using and saying, "Look, we can't afford this today, so just bring us the shit, buddy. You know the the <laughs> shitty drywall today, <laughs> and we'll see if we can make that work." But overall, he still he still probably settled in that tradesman tier. Yeah, occasionally he's one of those cockheads who micromanaged everything. So yeah, and it seemed like outside of it seemed like again that perhaps there was a couple of characters stuck in that he didn't have much say in. It seemed like there was a yeah. couple of sequences that looked like part six where you just got people in there and you're like, they're completely removed from the action. I'm looking at the couple in the tent where the blokes... Yeah. And I look, I appreciate his form trying to tell her, no, there's no wood out here. I'll warm you up. <laughs> so, and she quite rightly says, we're in the woods. Go and cut yeah. some off a tree. Quick. He's like... Yeah, so he, he was a quick addition to the scumbag. Yeah, fame. that looked so, like it had just been chucked in for a couple of extra kills. And again, yes. like I said, it's been a while since I've read Crystal Lake Memory, so I can't I can't say whether that's the case or not. But it definitely looked like it. So you can't blame you can't blame Buchler for that. No, no, you can't. I actually like the opening narration and the quick kind of interlude as to what has happened and who yeah. Jason is. Is this the only time um, we get a crazy about- Ralph without it without having to deal with a crazy Ralph? Yeah, yeah. We get we get yeah, gibber about the curse and everything <laughs> there, but we don't have to deal with somebody accosting one of the characters and telling them this. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love it the fact that it is crazy Ralph who's doing the narration. And I just love the fact that they quickly give you a rundown of Jason. And it's mm. within about two minutes it's over with. Yeah. Yeah, look, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, get whether that was the case or not, but I assumed that it was Crazy Ralph basically talking about it, even though he's dead. I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, yeah that seems like it's, it's supposed to be Crazy Ralph talking just by the terms of the yeah, curse and so. all that sort of shit. When used, when used well, I don't mind those little callbacks to the previous film, just giving us the last couple of minutes or a little reminder of something that happened. And in this one especially, because of Jason ended up in the lake, it made sense that they, they played those last couple of minutes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I like the kill of your mate in the, in the, in the tent who gets yeah, Jason's hand punched through him mm. and his neck broken. Yep. Uh, I, I kind of dug that. It was yep. nice and nasty. Yeah. Um, from yeah. Jason's perspective. I would give you that. There's not many. There's not many of the, the kills that I think would be worthy of a mention in in this one, but that would definitely be up mm. there. My favourite, of course, it's no surprise, is the sleeping bag. I think that was one of the yeah. ones where it's just, okay, we get something different there, and it was one of those... One of the few moments in this one that probably wouldn't have been out of place in part six, where you can get a bit of a chuckle no, out of yeah, it that's and right. kind of, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous, a little bit silly. So. Speaking of the deaths, I actually think the bloke who cops the axe in the face down by the lake, where he just kind of swipes it upwards mm. and it, it sort of smashes his face open, I yeah. think that's not a bad kill. It looks much better in the, un- the uncut version. Yeah. Because blood just geysers out of his face after he gets hit. Yeah. And it really adds that visceral sort of impact of it. But I don't mind that kill. 
I've got something to sort of in the dislikes about the the why they're out there. Oh fuck! That's the, <laughs> Which, I mean that's this is that's a running theme, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Christ! <laughs> but it's a solid one. Okay. Can we get uh, on to uh, just just quickly? Can can I? I mean, I've been itching to mention it, but Doctor Cruz, the guy is a uh, ball. The guy is an absolute ball bag in the most watchable sense. <laughs> he is yes. he is just a scumbag from start to finish. But every time he's on screen, <laughs> you're looking for a little bit more of what he's going to offer. I mean, from the second he yes. turns up, the very first time I saw him, I'm looking at him and I'm like, he's the bloke's like a, He looks like a cut rate Robert Palmer. He's got this kind of get-up where he's wearing this kind of jacket and stuff, and I was expecting him to kind of turn around and say, look, my diagnosis is you're addicted to love or some shit like that. Like he's, just, he's getting in the, getting around in these outfits. That, yeah, just, I couldn't shake that. She may have also had a bad case of love with you. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's what it all yeah. came down to. Um, and, you know, just to sort of close the point home on this, when I, thought, when I first saw him, he was simply irresistible. <laughs> of course. Of course. Oh, man. But he's just, he's yeah, just an though? unrepentant slime ball, but super entertaining. Super entertaining from yeah, start to finish. He's probably the best performance in the film. Yeah, I would think so. In terms um, of just a, just a general acting performance, he's pretty solid. Yeah. Yes, he he he's a seasoned guy. Mm. When you can act dead for ninety minutes and be convincing. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I'm still trying to work out how he didn't earn an Oscar for the sequence in Weekend at Birdies when he washes up on the beach next to a couple making out. Yeah. <laughs> They could they could have just spliced that into this film, couple making out on the shores Can of Crystal genius, Lake, though. and he up washes Doctor Cruz <laughs> somehow having grown a mustache. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine getting that across the desk where the agent says, "Look, you're going to be dead for the majority of the picture. <laughs> you just have to fucking lay there." <laughs> oh man, that's the easiest money you'll ever make. I don't have any lines to learn. Yeah, well, he made it for two films. <laughs> Didn't he? Yes. <laughs> Shit. And I believe both of those films were successful. <laughs> they were. Surprised they haven't you know been. Made, I'm surprised we haven't got a weekend at Bernie's remake. Terry yet. Kaiser, you don't have to worry about Terry Kaiser, mate. He's making Bernie's money. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's good. Yeah, he's good to go. This is a yeah. This probably shouldn't be a like, but I just couldn't stop. I couldn't help myself. The guy by the name of Eddie. Yeah. The writer. Yep. He keeps wandering around talking about Star Mummy and all this sort of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right. His attempt to get laid is comedic gold. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. He's doing his it best. Cuts over to him. He's in his tiny whiteies. He dead said he looks like he's humping a leg. <laughs> he does. And, mate, come on. I think you've passed the point where you take the singlet off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah look, mate, you dropped trowel. Yeah, yeah. The whiteies <laughs> and the singlet are all gone. Get it all out there, Eddie. Give yep. yourself a shot. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, highly amusing. Highly amusing. And that was in the the section where they almost they almost landed at him. They almost landed the rare triple fuck. Where we've got three, <laughs> we've got three couples going for it at the same time. I know. Do these guys have nothing better to do? <laughs> we actually cut that from them. Secret- we actually cut from them straight to the to David and um David and the one, the girl that he's tied up with in the act. Yeah. Cutting yeah. straight to Jason observing the couple in the van going for it. So if Eddie if Eddie had have closed the deal that was the rare triple fuck, which still, to my oh, knowledge, yeah, hasn't been landed, unless you're in the smut section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. unless you've accidentally got onto Pornhub, <laughs> you're not really getting that one in. But yeah, when you get to Pornhub, when you get to Pornhub, the uh, triple fuck is the fucking standard, mate. <laughs> Everyone's landing that. <laughs> exactly. There's some all sorts of weird <laughs> shit you've got to wade through. <laughs> Oh, dear. So I've been told, Jared. Oh, well, yeah. I haven't seen it myself, so I can't comment. Is that actually what it's called? I wouldn't exactly. know. Yeah, yeah, something, hub. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Again, this showcases what an absolute fucking buffoon I am. <laughs> Personal penis is larger. <laughs> it's a magnifying glass. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> of course. I bet you doubled over, had to pause the film for 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, it, it gave me, it, it, it's your Christmas present for the year. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I'll expect that in the mail. Although I did, um, it's a toss-up between that and a scrotum-shaped um, stress ball. <laughs> it's not quite as good as the scrotum-shaped backpack, but I'd accept it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be good. There'll be scrotums everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the scrotum-shaped backpack. I forgot all about that. Yeah, it'd be good. Good stuff. Oh, Jesus. When, <laughs> when the, that girl is thrown out the window, again, I'm not really sure why I found this in the likes, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it is clearly a dude with a wig on. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> oh, man. And they make it, just in case you couldn't tell it's a dude in a wig, they, they play it in slow-mo just so you can actually confirm, yeah, that's a dude in a wig. <laughs> He's got fucking quads like Arnie. <laughs> Honestly, seriously, when you know in the good old days when women were considered for just about any form of work, <laughs> instead of a woman, <laughs> instead of a woman to do the stunt, we'll just chuck a dude in a wig and hope that they don't notice. <laughs> oh, shocking! Oh, I had to laugh on the doco as well because the actress is like. People are always saying to me, your legs are so muscular. <laughs> I was going to say that. All you got to do is look at the bottom half and say, yeah, she's not skipping leg day, no doubt. 
<laughs> the only thing missing was the bulge in his pants. <laughs> yeah, get caught on the window frame. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of rare, rare triples and, and doubles there. This movie contains one of my... Look, admittedly, it's one of the silliest tropes in horror movies, but I love it. It's when someone falls out of a tree or fucking just falls out of the roof where they've been strung up or something like that. And even Halloween doesn't avoid this. It basically fucking started that. It's in Halloween, the original Halloween. But this one, it's the same guy, and in one sequence... He seems to just fall out of a broken branch in a tree or something, and then later, yeah. he's the it's the same guy. I swear, it's the same guy yeah. that falls out of the tree. It's the guy who's had his face cut up the guts. Yeah, with the with the blue and pink shirt on, he falls out of the tree when I think it's Maddie. Is it when Maddie's walking around? Yeah, yeah he falls out of the tree. Up her earring. Yeah, yeah, and then he's also the guy that swings out a la Halloween with the body. Body hanging down, straight straight down, when Tina's walking around. So he lands the yeah. rare double where Jason, and I, I love the thought of somebody catching Jason in the act of fucking slinging someone up into a tree after he's <laughs> killed them. <laughs> I mean, Jason doesn't say, every time you see Jason in the act, he appears to kill someone and then fucking walk off like he doesn't care. But of course, yeah, he yeah. seems to circle back and fucking chuck everyone up in a tree. So this bloke, we're led to believe Jason chucks him up into the tree, kills Maddie, circles back, puts him up into the tree again. Scoops the guy out. So he can fall out when Tina comes out. Yeah, but if you notice too, Maddie is basically nailed to the tree next door to him. Yes. So he's, not only has he scooped that guy up, he scooped Maddie up as well. Yeah, he set up basically, he set up his own bloody little Halloween, you know, House of Horrors or something like that where people walk out and someone falls out of a tree and the next person fucking jumps out of the ground. Or, But, yeah, yeah. look, it's, it's admittedly, it's one of the stupidest tropes in horror if you think about the logic of it. But I, I just, I can't help it. I do love it when that sort of stuff happens, especially when it's the same bloke twice. I do. So he landed the rare double to go along with the almost rare triple. It's, it's. If we're talking in gymnastics terms, it's a fucking, it's, it's an excellent film. It's an excellent performance here. They're landing yeah. doubles and it's triples. A biles. Biles. <laughs> it is. Almost it landed is. a biles. <laughs> yeah. But fuck, honestly, just just touching back on the the, the rare triple. There's also a sequence at the start. I mean, why are we all fucking in the van? <laughs> it's the house of two Betty or something because yeah, yeah. it looked like it was about ten Betty. It seems like a single. I mean, it's a huge house, but judging by the fact that everyone wants to go out into the van, you'd think she was a fucking single or the walls are made out of paper or something. I don't know. <laughs> and look, I am not going in seconds into the van after someone else has been in there. Yeah, look, listen, my I mean, response they're not is... washing that thing up. No, they're not washing it up, but I'm also saying the van doesn't have curtains and it's got two of the biggest fucking windows on the back that you could get. So, look, I need a bit of coverage. Put something up. <laughs> Hang up a sheet yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need coverage, Jared. I need coverage. <laughs> I, will, I refuse. <laughs> I'm not a bloody exhibitionist. No, I'm not an exhibitionist. Look, I would like, you know, if, if we're going into details, I would say, look, I get into some 
Yeah, I get into some rare work in there. Like, we, you, 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 I don't want anyone to, to learn my tricks. But really, it's, it's, it's just... It's like the fucking 11 herbs and spices for KFC. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I can't tell you. I can't I'm tell doing, you what's going on I'm in there. I'm doing shit that would blow your mind. <laughs> I can't give away the secrets of the... Can't give away the tricks yeah. of the trade. <laughs> so hang up a sheet or I'm not interested. <laughs> Even if I was an exhibitionist, Jared, no one's buying into the exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, really, it's the fact that I don't want to scare anybody that's walking past <laughs> and just unwittingly stumbles upon it. And they fucking faint and I do too. Like, it's just it's a mess for everybody. <laughs> not to put a fight a point on it, Jared, but I am not soliciting feedback. <laughs> Don't look in here and tell me what's yeah. wrong. I don't take the constructive <laughs> criticism very kindly. I get defensive. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to end up on I don't want yeah. anything to end up on that hub site that other people have mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, getting his comeuppance would have been much better had we have seen the uncut version. Yeah, but it's a nasty weapon and it's a nasty way to go. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of dig that. Yeah, you kind of you, you had to sort of give him his really sort of sort him out because yep. he'd been such a prick. Mm. Absolutely, and I think yeah, oh, I, I also agree. Like, like the when death you- of Melissa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy, um, oh, shit, I've forgotten his name again, but the, the guy you mentioned that's the writer, he quite rightly points out that she's a cunt. <laughs> He's 100% correct. <laughs> like, so, getting, you know, oh, yeah. those two are the ones where you really kind of, um, they set you up to just be sitting there just waiting for those two to get knocked over and say, yeah, that's the come up and that's, that's what we've yeah. set them up for. And as you said, it's not as satisfying when you don't get the, the the what was originally intended. But now, as you've quite right, rightly pointed out, that we've got we've got these special edition box sets and everything where you can you can get access to most of that pretty easily. It does add a little bit to yeah. it. Oh, of course. I think the film would have been much better off with the, the, the violence and the gore left in it. It just would have added something to it. Yeah. That that it's 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 kind of missing, unfortunately. My final like is just the whole finale. Yeah. I think that they do a fantastic job. She really lays into him. Yeah, you got nails, you got fire, she bashes him over the head with the light fitting. Yeah. She and she strangles him. You don't get throughout the series, you don't really get a solid Ten to fifteen minutes—that's that kind of engaging in that way, really. Mm. And as you said, it's it's kind of consistent. There's there's portions of it. We already pointed out that that's where the effects are the best because of if you're watching the cut version, the original version, which most people have been watching ever since it was made. That's where you mm. really get the effects displayed. Watching it, it was fun in a kind of King Kong versus Godzilla way, you know, like. Getting Jason getting yeah. into a bit of uh, into a bit of that 
copying a bit of his own treatment and still sort of, you know, continuing to come along. Hodder, Kane Hodder getting belted by the veranda is impressive every time I see it. Oh. Because the fact that the bloke ever got up from that is Especially when you hear about how they... It looked like an impressive stunt, but where they basically just say, nah, the fucking roof was a lot heavier than we anticipated and the bloke essentially got squashed. <laughs> you watch it. <laughs> you watch it. And with that knowledge, you're like, yeah. He got flogged. And <laughs> he somehow continued on <laughs> after that. So, yeah, that's impressive every time. He does the he does the the, the kind of... Um, uh, the fire walk, he, he does the burn. He does, you know, obviously yeah. they, they chuck another effect in there with the exploding house, which is stretching the budget to stuff that we hadn't really seen all that much. So all of that stuff is yeah. really cool. I liked I liked it from essentially where she gets him in the puddle and electrocutes him. From yeah. that point on, it's great fun. Yeah, that is a, a really solid 15 minutes. Of of the of the franchise entirely, mm. uh, and it's really really well done. And I think it kind of there's no gore in that at all, but yet it it doesn't matter. No, you know, like it doesn't need anything gory or disgusting or someone's head ripped off or no, that's anything right, like that. So it's a really really solid bit of work. Yeah, absolutely. All right, is that everything you had in the likes? No, no, I've got a couple more. I've got a couple more to toss at no. you. Continue. Uh, nobody wears a Canadian tuxedo like Kevin Spiritus. That's that's one little like I had. The bloke oh, is just, yeah. I mean, that's he's essentially. Dislike, so I'll have to talk about no, no. Look, if you're talking, I would liken that. If I was running a Calvin Klein campaign, Kevin Spiritus is the first man I go to. If I'm running a Canadian tuxedo campaign, Spiritus is the number one. He's the Marky Mark of the <laughs> campaign. He's the Marky Mark of the Canadian tuxedo campaign. That's it. Is that really what you want? That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Look, the the, the jacket was probably a couple of sizes too large, but other than that, looking pretty good. Look, look, I've got a bone to pick with this. This was 88. (laughs) I mean, I wore a Canadian tuxedo to a disco in year six. Yes, admittedly, that was 86 (laughs) or 87. But I was being called a dickhead back then, <laughs> so it means it was on the way out. Look, I'll Come give you, the, I'll give you the hot tip, mate. That was nothing to do with your Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> was was just... it the patches? Was it the Bon Jovi patches? <laughs> no, I, think that's pro- <laughs> I think that's probably got more to do. With it. <laughs> Did you at least have a couple? Of, I think you might have had a couple of Akadaka patches on there somewhere, didn't you? Oh, I had an ACDC one. Yeah. <coughs> but I hadn't graduated to the big one on the back. You know, they have those really big ones. All yeah, right yeah, yeah. Mate, you should have learned from Spiritus. You don't you don't wear that shit. You don't you don't have a patch. You just have a tuxedo no, space for itself. Spiritus didn't look like he'd Spiritus didn't look like he'd wash the thing. I mean, there's a sequence where him and Tina are talking out by the alleged lake. And the bloody thing's covered in dirt. Look, that's <laughs> like, a, that's a conscious choice. It's he's just going for the rugged look, and I think he lands. Oh um, bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> so you said I probably wouldn't have known the bloke's bloke's name, but I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a little talk to you about David. 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 I'm Favorite gonna character? I'm, I'm gonna put out there that if you don't survive, if you do not survive a Friday the Thirteenth film. This is the arc that you want. 
out of every film, David is the David is the man that you want to be if you're not the final if you're not going to survive. He gets he he chugs a beer. He chugs a beer. He chugs a beer. He's pinching food off the weed. He's pinching food off the snack trays. Um, (laughs) I mean, he's walking into a lamp and shotgunning a beer all over his face. Yet he still has two girls sitting there going, "Oh my god! Oh, look at him!" (laughs) The very next time we see him, very next time we see him, he's rolling joints, getting the party started, telling telling girls, "You want to get high?" He gets laid. The weed train is taking off. Yeah, he gets laid, immediately seeking out more food, and he dies pretty quickly. Like, you could not ask for more than that in a Friday the 13th film if you're not going to survive it. If you said to me, pick a character to be, if you you know you're not going to survive the film, who do you want to be? I want to be David. I'm getting shit-faced. I'm I'm smoking a joint. I'm getting laid, and then I'm out of there. So you don't want to be Rob? No, <laughs> I probably would. No, I think I'd prefer to be David. Well, look, you know, David, as you said, he 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 runs into a lamp and he chugs a beer, and he's still got two ladies after him. I'm sure we've all probably tried that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was getting donuts. <laughs> yeah, if I was in a state where I'm walking into a lamp, zero. Yeah, that's it. That's that's not Who's over. this dickhead? Get him out of here. Yeah, that's right. So once I once I once my see my my playbook was. Now, I'm looking pretty good here. And then, oh, shit, I've walked into the lamp. Oh, well, um, no chance now. I may as well just finish the rest of the bottle of tequila. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> That's yeah, my yeah. night. And then, buddy, Sorted. lay on the floor going, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, I mean, um, light up. Light up, ladies. So, David, <laughs> David's arc, what a slight arc it is, David's straight line. Is what I'm aiming for. If I don't get to be the, if I don't get to survive. <laughs> yeah, look, he does all right, David. I will say that. And his minimal screen time, he must be on screen about for about five minutes total. Yeah. Yep. Quintessential, quintessential Shit. slasher character. He ticks all those boxes. But yet, gets. Let's be honest. He gets a lot done. I mean, that, this is the bloke minutes. who. He falls off the bed and demonstrates a fucking fairly hefty lack of understanding about how a torch works. But but job's already done. He also has some trouble putting his pants on. Yes. I mean, I mean, maybe it was because he was he didn't have the three legged pair. <laughs> so essentially, you know, looking at looking at what's he get what he gets away with, yet still gets a success, pretty successful evening in. I think that's what you aspire to, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. David, you have to turn me around on David. I can't think of anyone else in the series that gets killed but has a better time than that bloke, so I'm, I'm putting him in the like. Do you know what David is? David's the tradesman version of Teddy <laughs> from part four. <laughs> Teddy was just a worker, mate. He got nowhere. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. David's the next tier. (laughs) David's the next step up. See, because because part four was made by another tradesman pushing into, you know, working on his craftsman certificate, (laughs) everyone looked at Teddy and said, ah, fuck with. But because David was in, in in this particular film that was made by a bloke who was still firmly in tradesman category, he, he, he got lucky. 
Yeah, yeah, Beekler, Beekler didn't even bother to go for his craftsman certificate. <laughs> he just went, oh, look. He said, no, nah, career tradesman. will get the job done. No, tradesman's good for me. I like the cash. I like the work. I'm a career tradesman. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, when he was having his performance evaluation, he was, they were like, would you like to, you know, get some more training in? Yeah. Nah, yeah. Where do you see yourself <laughs> in five? Where do you see yourself in five years? Drywall, mate. Drywall. More drywall. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I'm good at it. That's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> All right. Have you got anything else in the life? No, that was it. I just had to have a chat about David because I felt you'd kind of skipped over him without without giving him without giving him his due as, <laughs> as one of the shining lights process. of the series. Well, one of the dimming lights <laughs> of the series, but still a light nonetheless. Yes. Uh, okay, dislikes. There is no character development at all. No. I mean, characters are not developed in any way. Not even Tina, really. No. And I think overall, top to bottom, it's one of the most... Because there's quite a lot of them, it's one of the most forgettable casts of characters across the whole series. Oh. I mean, when you look at parts, parts four, parts six... You get characters that get killed that, that you still know and you still you still remember things that they did. I mean, you go back to this one, having seen the movie five or six times, well, fuck, that's probably a conservative estimate. You go back to this one having seen it a, a lot of times and within the first couple of minutes of someone, you know, the first couple of minutes of the movie, someone comes on screen and you're like, oh, yeah, shit, that person. I fucking almost yeah. forgot about them. So... I mean, we don't even I mean, have a demon. There's a it's not even a demon in the series, in in yeah. the in the yeah, film. True. And part five, and, in and terms yeah, of character development, is one of the worst. Characters. Yeah, that's right. It's it's got yeah. no development. No, but you look back at that and you can pick out a few people. Like, yeah, I remember. I remember that person. I remember that person. This one, you just kind of they're really bland. Well, there's one particular scene that just had me going. Well, I, you know, it just summed up the character development issues. Is we cut to the van and we have the two whitest characters in the film sleeping together in the van. Yeah. And they stop for a second, and all he says is, "Why are we sleeping out here if it's my uncle's cabin?" And she, and she just goes, "Who said we're sleeping?" And they start going going at it again. Yeah. The scene goes for maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, so there was no point to that, and I think we see those characters twice more, and the, and and the amount of, if you put it all together, they are on screen for about two minutes. Yeah, and as you said, he he owns the cabin. Isn't he the one that fucking falls out of the tree twice? That's him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Oh, so man. you just sort of yeah, like you said, what's the point? What's the point of some of them? And we know we expect these people, we we expect these characters to be. Short and sharp because they're going to get knocked off pretty quickly. But I mean, Jesus, look at look at Demon. The guy was on screen for a couple of minutes, yet we fucking talk about him as much as we can because it was it was solid and entertaining, and that was in a film that I would consider to be a fair bit worse than this one. Yeah, agreed. So I can't even remember those two characters' names. No, no, absolutely not. And that's how, you know, and it's the same with the two African-American characters. Yeah. They have, like, two scenes. There's a whole thing with her going, with him saying something about where was he last night or something like that. Yeah. 
And then he says, where's my coffee? And she blows up at him. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I'm just like, what, what the hell is all this? So, you know, I mentioned I watched that horror noir doc- doco not that long ago. Yeah. And so when they came on screen, I was kind of like, all right, well, let's have a look at this. Because they talk about where, you know, the, the African-American characters get killed first or whether if you don't kill them first, you are putting your killer in a situation to be shown as strong by killing the African-American character, and that would be the Julius, where he's the prime athlete and really he doesn't serve any other purpose than to show that Jason's a, a beast, basically. So I looked at it when these guys came on screen and I thought to myself, well, shit, when you, when you do look at it, they don't really have anything to do other than to go to the van have sex and then get killed immediately and in terms of when they get introduced in the film they kind of do get knocked off almost first because you get other characters killed before them but when you introduce the people that are at the party they kind of get knocked out first so you you sort of see a little bit of that and this is something that you look back on now and you say yeah okay well i can see how that does not hold up all that well but yeah in the context of the whole movie none of the characters really really have any sort of shape to them other than David who, you know, of course is the man that we all aspire to oh, be, really. Of course. <laughs> the acting across the board is is pretty bad. Apart from Dr. Cruz and Kane Holder. Yeah. The rest of them are very, very forgettable. I actually thought, and this is gonna sound this is gonna sound a bit silly, but I thought Tina's mum wasn't too bad. But I think when I look at it now I think it's when she's in those scenes with Dr. Cruz. And I think probably yeah. that's because, yeah, he's a good actor and those scenes hold up pretty well because of him and she does a pretty good job there as well. So, yeah, I thought she was yeah. okay in those, in those situations as well. Probably actually the same with Tina. She's not great, but when she's in the scenes with Dr. Cruz, there's some emotion and there's a bit of you know, fire to the performance. Where would you put La Park Lincoln and uh, Kevin Spiritus on the Walker Texas Ranger scale of chemistry? <laughs> yeah, it's low down. Low? Yeah, low. There, there, there is no chemistry. So you would put it no. on. You would put it on. When we're talking the Walker scale, a zero is probably Jared Padlecki and his and his, his real wife. life wife, <laughs> and a ten would be Chuck Norris and Correct. anybody else on the screen. Um, it's probably <laughs> it's probably down yeah. towards the Padlecki. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. The, the, chem- the chemistry was at that that the Padleckis <laughs> at the Padlecki level. Okay. <laughs> which which means you can't even you can't even fake chemistry with your missus. <laughs> yep, I would probably Jesus. agree with that. That's where I was looking at it. Um, I, I didn't think. Uh, the, like looking at them both no as chemistry. Yeah, looking at them both as actors, I didn't have any issue with either of them. But when you see them together, it's yeah, it's a it's a bit light on. I mean, we yeah, can't even and, we can't even use our know, telekinesis to light a spark between <laughs> between the two of them. Like it's just not <laughs> happening. Yeah, set fire to something, <laughs> Tina. For God's sake, <laughs> we know you can with your mind. Just yeah. do it. Yep. Liven up, liven spiritus up. I mean, this is one of my dislikes. She gets out of the car, she takes out her bag, she drops it, opens it, it falls on the ground, 
the first thing Spiritus dies for to help is her panties? Come <laughs> on, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you could have done anything else. Via left. Via left. Kevin, and pick up the sweater. For yeah. For fuck's sake. That's right. That's right. There's plenty of other things there, mate. No wonder there's no chemistry. She thinks you're a creep. Mate, they're, they're called the smalls for a reason. There's other things that you can go for that don't. <laughs> there's lots of other things there that take up more space. Pick up one of the big ones, mate. <laughs> don't pick up her crackers. It's not a good move. No. Jesus. Come on, mate. Now, we talked, we're saying that they had no chemistry, right? Yeah. They had no chemistry. They are at Padlecky level. That's a zero. Yeah, they're at very Padlecky level. But yet the romance between them is in full swing in about half an hour. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think they've spoken like twice. Yeah, and every interaction's been disastrous. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're David, everything's been a fucking disaster. (laughs) If you're David, you're batting a thousand. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Jesus, by this stage, this is the best night of your life. Yeah. Spiritus is batting fucking single digits at best. And Spiritus has not hit the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, but the problem is they have one conversation that's got any sort of information in it, and all it is is him going, I was born in Pittsburgh, I used to run with the run with the wrong crowd, now I go to night school. I mean, it's not the fucking cliff notes, dickhead. <laughs> it's to know who you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not only that, but when you hear that, more, you know, the first inkling isn't, ooh. You know, I'm turned on now. I'm thinking my first inkling is <laughs> when you say running with a bad crowd, I need some elaboration yeah. here. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Are we talking vandalism? Yeah, yeah. Are we talking theft? Are we talking shoplifting? Have you beaten anyone up? Are, you, are we talking shoplifting or are we talking, like, drug smuggling or something? Because the, the, <laughs> that's going to weigh into my thinking here. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the moment, Kevin, I'm on a precipice. <laughs> yes. And you then, need to tell me which way I should fall. And then in return, she says, I'm going to be committed. And he's, <laughs> again, I'm thinking, okay, can you can you talk through your issues a little bit? Like, did you, were you, you know, violent to anyone? Because <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know where we're going with this, but... So yeah, from both from both sides, I think there's some pretty poor decisions being made. Here. Yeah, yeah. I think my question is, where are you being committed? That's right. That's right. And secondly, this this isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's not but in you. The, it's me. In the Friday the Thirteenth world, well, ah, fuck, young love. You know what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Love conquers all, including, you know, barred walls and barbed wire. Yeah, love conquers all, including um, stuffing balloons of cocaine up your bum. (laughs) 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 
idea, Kevin. <laughs> I'm just tossing it out there. He's smuggling drugs with a ge- with a denim jacket that big. Oh, no, with a denim jacket that big, he's strapping he's strapping key- kilos to his chest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In those yeah. days, in those <laughs> days, definitely used. You just walked onto the plane with that shit strapped to you. Like that's what he's doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you definitely know that. Kevin Spiritus has been at an airport and had sad to say the words, <laughs> how did that get there? <laughs> ah, must have been the other bloke who used the denim jacket before me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not mine. Shit. <laughs> He's taking the Barley Nine. He's giving the Barley Nine defence. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. What do you mean a surfboard full of fucking cocaine? Is a surfboard bag full of cocaine in my luggage? I didn't see that. I didn't come to surf, damn it. Stop oh, God. I think uh, one of my biggest downfalls of the movie is that all the kills are pretty average, bar the couple that we mentioned. Obviously, the sleeping yeah. bag one is one that's kind of lived on, and they redid it in in Jason X. Of course, you know they everything was better in Jason X. But <laughs> if <laughs> I mean, if they had of, I look at the one where they squashed Ben's head, and I think you know if we had have got it looking like a mad ball, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but, we, <laughs> but we didn't. So, um, fucking <laughs> squash his head down the size of a fucking softball. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I would have laughed. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh no doubt. I mean, that one would have been on par with Paul going, Rick getting his eyeball blown out. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, being as it stands in the uncut version, then. Yeah, we don't get we we don't get our little mad ball I mean, moment. Nothing even happens to him in the uncut version. No, I think even like you see a trickle of blood. And yeah, that that's it. right. And I think the closest we get, we got his photos of some of the effects. Right? I don't even think we got much yeah. of that. But outside of it, it's all pretty standard, and the lack of gore doesn't help any of it. So it kind of it kind of falls flat in that regard. And it's hard, yeah. you know, even with the fact that y- y- it's hard to give them credit for it when you don't see it on the film in the end result. Like, you know that they did it, oh, for but it's sure. really hard to look at the movie and say, well, you know, it's anything but flat in that regard. I mean, I feel sorry for Beekler because to cut all that out takes away that visceral impact and that first hour feels flat. Because of that. That's right. And here's poor old Beekler fucking banging up drywall left, right, and centre in an to put the house up. Yeah, and the MPAA's coming in, kicking but the fucking wall down. <laughs> you only have half a wall here. Yeah. I could just imagine the conversation about that bloke's head getting crushed. Yeah, trim a few frames out of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, going back to your conversation, they're going, what's the artistic merit in this? Uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. <laughs> How many frames did you want us to remove again? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's basically, it's basically bargaining down that, you know, we'll... we'll <laughs> We want you to take out, you know, twenty five. Oh, can we do? Can we do twenty? <laughs> That's what you're working with. There's yeah, not much yeah. more you can do. 
Um, and the other thing, exactly. That, the other thing that hurts it, and I think this time it actually played in its favour because we just watched it just on its own. But when you watch them in order, coming on the back of Jason Lives really hurts it because for me personally, and for most people, it's one of the best ones. For me, it's top of the pile. And it's a, it's a pretty hard act to follow, especially when they drop most of the humour. I just think yes. if you watch them in order, it really dulls the impact of this one. Yeah, and the same goes for the Spiritus Blah Park Lincoln combo in comparison to Tom Matthews and Jennifer Cook. Correct. Who are in part six. Mm. And they've got shitloads of chemistry. Yep. They've got heaps of chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, they're Chuck Norris and whoever else is in the scene with him. <laughs> That's right. And That's right. It's like a fucking wildfire. Then you downgrade. It's like a bushfire there. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're it's fire a fucking bushfire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> but these two couldn't even put a fucking brush fire together. <laughs> These two could even do a control burn. These two could light a match. Let's be honest. <laughs> they yeah, they oh, light the just... match and the wind blows. There it goes. But um, you know, Chuck yeah. Norris and anybody else, the fucking the, the whole state is a light. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, uh, it's yeah. The fucking California wildfires. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, Chuck said fire to the place. Of course. <laughs> Now, look, this is a question I ask. Why, why, Jared, why are we skinny dipping in what can only be described as a puddle of filth, basically? I don't know. I mean, that is not a lake. It's mud wrestling. It's mud. <laughs> it may as well be. Yeah, it's mud wrestling. But when wrestling. you see it from under the water, it looks like bloody an Olympic pool. <laughs> Yeah, I've mentioned that before. Jesus. Like when they go back in the daytime and you see the boat sitting in what supposedly is Camp Crystal Lake, there's nothing crystal about it. It's fucking filthy. It's oh. it's a puddle, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's I going on. I believe I said in part four that the lake there, I would be looking for an open sewerage pot. <laughs> and I'm, the same thing applies here. It is yeah, not a lake, it's, it's a fucking sewer. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to it. And I tell you what, if my girlfriend takes me out there and says, drops a, drops a gear and says, I'm going skinny dipping, I'm saying, you are on your own. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, this isn't working. Perhaps we should see other people. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just... Make sure you rinse <laughs> off when you're finished. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going in any van. Curtain or no curtain with you if you have been in that water, basically. <laughs> it's just not happening. I can't do it. Yeah, definitely. I know you're upset. <laughs> I know you're upset, but it's just the way I am. <laughs> you take it or leave it. Take me as I am. <laughs> oh, shit. Speaking of quest, you know, strange queries, I've actually got a few. There's a few queries that I come out of from this movie just thinking, what's going on there? And number one, why does Kevin Spiritus have a picture of his cousin in his wallet? And especially, he <laughs> I mean, he's not in the picture. Normally, if you're going to have something like that, it might be that, you know, oh, this is me and my buddies or whatever. 
But it's just a picture of his cousin and his girlfriend. And I mean, look, I like you. You're my cousin. I don't have a picture of you in my wallet. <laughs> and I, I, I would feel like, as cousins go, me and you have a have a, one of the very strong cousin relationships. You're not getting anywhere near my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you that. Now. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to put it in, put put a photo of you in my wallet, but I can't open the fucking Velcro flap. <laughs> That's right. There's no. <laughs> when you've got your old Billabong wallet, you've got to rip it open every time. <laughs> Pictures of your cousin just get in the way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Why has he got that photo in there other than to kind of tell us that the guy that got killed at the start but not... is his cousin? That's right. But not only that, she goes. I mean, it's a pretty ridiculous request. She goes, do you have a picture of your cousin? And he goes, yeah, I do. And he whips open the wallet. (laughs) And there's like a little fucking photo album in there. There's about, I reckon, there's about 10 or 12 other cousins in there as well with their own separate photos. (laughs) I'm just looking at it going, mate, come on. My wallet, my my own personal wallet turns into fucking George Costanza's wallet in about three months, just with just with receipts, cards, whatever else anyone's doling out to me that I stuff in my wallet. I can't, I can't put a photo of all my cousins in there. You got a couple of packets of um, sugar in there as well. Yeah, like that's right. A couple of fishermen's friends. A couple of fishermen's friends in there. You know, th- thirty-five receipts that I don't need. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just not room. I'm sorry, you're not getting in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shit doesn't. I don't understand it. No, not at all. It's similar to when. And I believe there's there is some cut footage, so I kind of might have to take eat a bit of crow on this one. But Maddie gets all doled up, and then just wanders outside and starts going, "David, David, David, yeah. <laughs> who told you he was outside?" For yeah, sake? look, if if the footage you're cutting means that she goes immediately from the mirror to walking outside. <laughs> You probably shouldn't have cut all that footage because that looks ridiculous. And not only that, why are we tossing in a barely developed ugly duckling story anyway? When, when all that results in is she she goes she she goes to the swan and then walks outside and gets fucking gets done in two minutes anyway. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tradesman Beekler, you missed the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, the walls look nicely, freshly painted, but there's there seems to be a big shit on the on the wall. Someone's someone's fucking crapped and then smeared it on the wall over here. How did you miss that bit? <laughs> yeah, that ugly duckling stuff is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And secondly. Who told you that David was outside? <laughs> Mate. Why did you assume? We've spoken about David. <laughs> was he in one of the outbuildings out there? <laughs> we've, we've spoken about David. Like, why would you think that he has the capacity to walk more than fucking five steps <laughs> without collapsing and soiling himself, basically, you know, judging by, <laughs> judging by the form he's displayed previously on the weekend? 
I mean, we see the guy for... He ran into a lamp. <laughs> he ran into a lamp and he fucking couldn't put his pants on. <laughs> he ran into and a lamp. you think he went outside. Ran into Honestly. a lamp, couldn't put his pants on. Shined a torch in his eyes, shotgun, <laughs> shot, shotgun to beer all over himself, and you think he could be wandering around in the woods by himself. I mean, look, <laughs> the guy was fucking paralytic for half the weekend. He's not getting out of his fucking bedroom. <laughs> at that time of night, but at that time of night, he, oh, he yeah. is in a corner or in a bed, and that's where he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maddie, check the single room upstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where he's going to be at. <laughs> don't worry about going outside. You don't have to. That's right. <laughs> Jason doesn't really bother to hide his kills much. I mean, we talked about... Well, he tosses, um, tosses them up a oh, tree. Oh, bloody... <laughs> oh, bloody mud face or whatever you get falling out of trees and stay forth. <laughs> but at one point... Fucking Dr. Cruz is just randomly wandering through the woods and stumbles across a bloke stuffed into a tree. <laughs> yeah, so we know, <laughs> like, basically, we, we, we see that it's a, it's his MO to stuff people in trees because he has done it with the cousin. The cousin is the one hanging out of the tree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then Dr. Cruz goes, hmm, shit. <laughs> How can I use this? How can I use this against Peter? Right. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Everyone else sees him and goes, ah. Dr. Cruz is like, hmm. <laughs> what can I do with this? Yeah, how can I use this to my advantage? Fucking hell, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, shit. He's a piece of work. All right. Uh, but not only that, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of issues with the logic around space and kind of the, you know, you always see in movies that we see what's in the frame and what's off the frame is kind of the director's got to use that to their yeah. purposes and whatever. But in this... There's a couple of moments where you're just like, how the fuck did nobody see that? Number one, <laughs> Tina walking through the woods and she's walking in this, yeah. in this kind of path where no doubt she sees Dr. Cruz, but of course, you know, Tina's just walking along and then you hear Dr. Cruz go, psst, Tina. And you're like, mate, you're, st <laughs> you're standing behind trees that have no fucking leaves on them. We can all see you. <laughs> like, there's no pst needed. Everyone can see you. You are standing behind very, very thin branches with nothing covering them. And the second time that I, I was really kind of looking at it going, come on, was when at the end where they think Jason's done and dusted and the building's burning, where Kevin Spiritus and... T see, his, this is to my point again. I can't even remember his char character's name just because I remember his name in I general. Think it is Kevin. Is it? Either way. I think it might be Kevin. Let's hope well, so. <laughs> yeah. Kevin yeah, and yeah. Tina yeah. are sitting on the end of the end of the, the little dock. And there's only one way there. It's it's down yeah. a fairly when you when you see the shot from the other angle, it's a fairly lengthy dock. But they're sitting at the end of it and they're, you know, arm in arm. And then all of a sudden Jason's arm comes in and you're like, Well, he had to get there yeah. somehow. He had to fucking walk down the dock without you noticing. How did he do that? 
The only other way is through the water, yeah. and he didn't come out of the water. So there was a couple of instances where I was like, that was really the only down I had on, on Buchler's directing is that there was a handful of times where that happened where it was just like, there's no way you couldn't have seen something there. Yeah. And it's, it's fairly minor because you, you see that shit all the time. I mean, you look at bloody James Bond and stuff like that. That shit happens all the time. But it was just so... Yeah. Because you're in, especially when you're out in the woods in this one, and you can see the woods is fairly sparse. Like, there's trees everywhere, but they're very... It's not it's not covering anything. So when you see <laughs> Dr. Cruz going, Tina, it's like, mate, she's fucking seen you from 50 metres away. Like, there's no yeah. way she hasn't noticed Yeah, exactly. You. There's also a, se- a sequence where she, she finds all the bodies. Yeah, And she walks a straight path up to Maddie, and then she takes two steps backwards, and suddenly there's the fucking girl out of the bloody filth, the filthy bloody pond. Yeah. Directly behind her. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, how did she get there? That's right. Because he didn't see her. And even when the bloke's hanging out of the tree, you're like, he can only be a metre or two above where you're standing, Tina. You didn't notice the bloke whose shirt looks like a Bubble O Bill wrapper? I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. My last dislike was just the ending. Dad coming up out of the water. He's got a bit of dirt on his face, and that's it. Like, you know, he's not even a sort of a zombified. Yeah. Cons- I mean, how many people are in the fucking lake? Well, that's how many right. dead people are in there? And not only that, but we see in the same time span how Jason's body has degraded because at the start, when you see him under the water, he looks just like part six. But then mm. when he finally gets resurrected, he looks like he does in this movie. Whereas Dad has been yeah. under the water for exactly the same time frame, looks like he's just had a rough night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Doctor Cruz doesn't—he doesn't pick up on the right cues when he says, "So you say a man came out of the lake?" And Tina goes, "I know what you're thinking, and it's not about my father." Well, my response is, "So how many other men are in there?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, the lake like, is. Who could have possibly come out of the place? Yeah, the lake is two feet deep. There can't be too many people in there that we don't know about. <laughs> Look, I know they, they have a cut scene where he is actually all mummified. Yeah, which would have worked better. But they didn't like the look of it and shit and all that sort of stuff. So Yeah. But so overall, that whole concept doesn't work. No, it doesn't. I don't care that he, he was in the lake and she killed him. Why couldn't it have just been that she was processing the grief of having killed him. Yeah, that's right. Why did he have to return? It didn't make any sense. And I guess there was a, there was an argument to be made that they'd established through the movie, her visions and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, some people talk about how the end of the movie might just be her vision of how she remembers her dad, but it doesn't really hold up for me. No, nah, not at all. I actually had one more. It wasn't even necessary. I actually had one more, and I think it came a little bit before that. But what the fuck is with the the, the cat stuck in the fucking cupboard? I know. We didn't even see a cat prior. Getting thrown out at the girl. Yeah. We didn't see the cat prior, did we? I don't remember a cat up until that moment. And if everyone's been there, I think I've mentioned it before, but everyone's been there the whole weekend and the cat's been in the fucking cupboard the whole time. How long has it been in the cupboard? Yeah, yeah. 
two nights. Is that is that? Do you think David might have been up there or something? <laughs> David's probably stuffed it in there without <laughs> and, noticing. And he failed to open. He it. thought he was putting his clothes in the cupboard or something. And he fucking stuffed the cat in there by accident. Like he fell over, shined a torch in his face, yeah. hit a leg, <laughs> yeah. dropped and his, shoved the cat in the fucking, <laughs> dropped his three legged pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally picked up his two legged ones later. Like who knows? Yeah, yeah. No wonder he couldn't put them on. <laughs> but yeah, look, I just think that, that that final sort of piece of the puzzle with the father coming back is unnecessary. You cut it. You just I mean the movie only goes for eighty five minutes. Well, I thought having the father come out was okay, but the way that the father looked was just the inconsistency does cause a bit of a problem. It does. Now, do you have any other dislikes? No, that was everything, mate. I think we've covered that fairly well. Yeah. Okay, so that was Friday the 13th, Part 7. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, and a heap of other places where you get your podcasts. Our email address is thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Our Instagram account is at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on Facebook for our next episode. We've got a couple of things in the works. It took us a little while to organise the last couple of episodes, but we were trying to get some content together, so hopefully we'll have a few more things coming very soon. Seven-day lockdown, mate. We should have but seven episodes out by the end of this. Seven-day lockdown, mate. Sh- <laughs> fucking hell, we should have bloody four weeks' worth of material. <laughs> Uh, I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> let's, let's hope my workplace is not listening to this. <laughs> but until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au